Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Under the Table, the uh, podcast within the podcast. We're going to be talking a little bit about some changes that are... uh, going to be taking place in in the campaign not not as kind of as a podcast otherwise jeremy wouldn't have invited me yeah 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 uh if if it was just a podcast thing i would just i I, you probably i would have put it on facebook or twitter reddit whatever hit up all those places and just get the word out but i think this is this is uh something a topic that kind of needed some a little bit of discussion but also gives us the opportunity to kind of talk about uh, how to handle this, perhaps uh, use my failures and hopefully give you information so that you might avoid the same mistake at your table and also kind of touch on, uh, revisit a topic that Nick and I discussed in our previous uh, discussion together and, now that we've played a little bit more. <laughs> you you talk about all of these mistakes and you you are not making so many mistakes. Like <laughs> let's, I mean, let's not talk yourself down here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I you know, I, we're, we're gonna talk about your successes here as well. I, I think that's especially gonna become relevant when yeah. we come to the reason this change is happening. I mean Yes, I'm going to mention some of your failures, but it's mostly my shortcomings and uh, but also why I'm looking to change also just has to do with the fact that you're doing well. Right. I'll elaborate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we're not kicking Nick off the show. That is not what's happening here. I just want to set that up straight. Uh, Oh, thank goodness. Well, I mean, you you go ahead and explain kind of uh, what what. Uh, I guess you, you, you talk about kind of what prompted this, the, the, this change and then all come in with, uh, okay, what does this mean from the, the campaign side of things? <laughs> all right. Well, big reveal time. Uh, the reason that we're talking right now is because I am planning to change character for the podcast. Um, it's not that I, well, it sort of is that I have not enjoyed playing Isaiah. Um, one big boon of this is that you will never have to hear me butcher that accent again. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, uh, to get into reasons why this is happening, I mean, there's going to be a lot of discussion around this, but to boil it down, um, I have felt that as a player... I have been held back by Isaiah's stat line. Some of you may have picked up, I don't know if it's ever come up in an episode, but his wisdom and charisma scores are both six, which is a minus two modifier, um, which uh, part of that plays out in the fact that he hates animals. Part of that plays out in the fact that he... Uh, is not very socially capable. He doesn't hold a conversation well, is not a charmer. He's 
and uh, I'd say it's fair to say like you tried to play him as kind of abrasive, which yeah. I did. I was actually just listening to one of our episodes to catch an assassin. The one where he gives poor uh oh, what's his name? <laughs> uh he the poor little bard a pep talk in the bathroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a throwback there, but that was definitely abrasive. <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 it's, it's difficult to actually take that and run with it and actually like contribute something. Um, exactly. I felt there have been a lot of times where the party could have used a voice outside of Yakegs. Uh, you know, we love Jake as a player. He's very, very into, um, what's what's the word i'm looking to, for he has a lot of momentum as a player yeah he's absolutely. very into discovering the story and stuff um i just feel that sometimes there needs to be a, another voice added to that not necessarily to agree with him on all points but at least be a strong voice for or against him yeah um, i mean so yeah. often he no go ahead, go ahead. I was just so gonna... often. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was just gonna say that uh, Yakeg often kind of does his own thing, <laughs> which uh, is definitely like what makes him such a great character. Uh, but uh, you the, kind the of need that. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, like the potion potion bargaining scheme, or telling the water deep spy master to pick up ball bearings or I, oh yeah. my gosh yep yep <laughs> and, and that's something i absolutely love about jake's character but you you do need that i'll say um the the voice of either the voice of reason or kind of just more of a driving force um whereas mm-hmm. jake's kind of more of a mad scientist sort of approach uh it it can help the party to have kind of that driving force of okay, what are our priorities? We need to talk to this person and kind of direct the party. You don't have to be the straight right. man. I'm not saying, like, because that's that's a trap you don't necessarily want to fall into, um, but you can be the one that... i that trap before. Right, that you, but you can be the person that kind of corrals other, all the other players and at least points them in a direction, even if it's not the quote-unquote logical one. Right. We, I think we even talked about this in the last character creation discussion we had about uh, a quarterback player, you know, right? Somebody who's not necessarily in charge. He's not the coach. He's not writing the plays, but he's the shot caller. You know, yeah. he makes the um makes decisions based on the situation and helps drive the action. Yeah, Ob- obviously, with his, uh, I guess, with the. Um, character kind of uh, the the restrictions. So I, I'd say another side of this, um, and I'm gonna touch on the like. Okay, obviously, Isaiah is a big kind of is a big part of Fate's Gambit right now. He's kind of center stage, spotlight on him. There's a re like things are kind of revolving around him. But I think one uh, another 
uh, thing that we've kind of played around with that we weren't really sure was that, um, and we talked about this a little bit, but you, you were struggling to find like a, a, a motivation for Isaiah outside of just being kind of strung along this, the, the main plot. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that's something that we've talked about, which was part of the, I'll say part of the original discussion, um, surrounding like, okay, do we, do you want to change characters now kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a part of the conversation from the onset. And I don't know if you want me to, <laughs> we'll de- <laughs> so much of this is us going like, we'll talk about this later, but I wanted <laughs> to bring it up now. Right. Um, uh, let me give a, just a, a couple more bullets about why the change is happening. Um, sure. Cause of the motive, you, you mentioned the motivation. That's a good bullet. Um, all of these will be kind of, expounded upon but uh, oh, yeah. outside of needing another another motivator shot caller character and my inability to find a motivation um there's also the fact that uh as much as i enjoy the rogue as a class um i find that a rogue the rogues usefulness the rogue's role is being stealthy is picking locks is being kind of a treasure hunter being elusive um and i did have uh, i i've had many opportunities to do that in your campaign uh in fact one of my greatest failures is centered around the fact the one time i did poorly on a roll when i was trying to pick that lock in the room with the zombie beholder <laughs> yeah which you know makes it memorable and all right um the issue there um with this particular party i'm already expounding upon this point a little too much because we're gonna have so much back and forth about this i'm sure but right um, but... in this party there are other there are other characters who can fulfill the role of a dex based sneaky uh you know stealthy type um and because of that Isaiah feels a little supplementary sometimes especially in combat where I do do sneak attack which is great but it's basically just one round every every round it comes to Isaiah he nukes something if he can if not he whiffs you know it, it's like a 50 50 chance I'm either gonna nuke or whiff um, right. And that's a little unfulfilling <laughs> as, a, as a player. <laughs> I mean, the last two episodes uh, definitely showcase the feast or famine kind of play that Isaiah gets himself into. I, you did not oh roll gosh. above a six that entire. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> um, I yeah. definitely think the rogue in general uh, is very it's there there's kind of two ways to take it there is uh at least in my opinion uh there are two ways that i would play a rogue one is going kind of the bardish jack of all trades good at everything face of the party type um that's kind Mm -hmm. of being a charismatic front man for the group And Um, and there are subclasses that support that kind of play i think right i think you're totally right 
the other, I, I guess the other player that, that primarily, so the, the first type is basically looking to use the tools given to the rogue in order to role play better, in order to gather information, that sort of thing to like basically capitalize on the rogues out of combat abilities. The other player that would want to play a rogue is very much the min-maxer. Like, they want to do a frick ton of damage, and they want to try and basically, uh, like, specialize their character to do that and do it exceedingly well. And, like, their whole Mm -hmm. gameplay is revolved around what can I get to hone my character even more. Um, Mm -hmm. Which... Oh, I actually totally agree with you on this point. um, Which, for... (laughs) Like, obviously, we've talked about this, but knowing knowing your play style, that type of rogue, like that type of you're not that type of player <laughs> uh, that uh, yeah, tries I to am not the optimizer. And I yeah. am not. And uh, very obviously, is I is not the former type. Right. Um, with a six charisma. So. Right. So you kind of based on roles excluded yourself from the first aspect of gameplay and so and you don't Mm -hmm. really like the second type um and so that kind of just led to this scenario where you weren't feeling as fulfilled in the parts of D&D that you like to play but you also Mm -hmm. didn't really focus on uh you you I don't want to say you didn't focus on it but like min maxing wasn't a important point to you um and so it's just kind of a yeah so it just wasn't that great of a fit um so before we fully dive in (laughs) to uh some what that means uh basically what that means for the campaign and uh what kind of diving into a little bit more mistakes uh, or some things we would have changed or now that we know better, some things we want to focus on, that sort of thing. Um, I guess at this point, what do you want to give away about your character? Zaya's probably going to stick around for another couple, uh, for, for a, yeah, a you little bit. Yeah, for him. Um, well, I mean, you, you're probably going to have to play Zaya for a little bit longer before we introduce your new oh, character, yeah. but... What do you want to kind of leave the audience with? Well, as we mentioned previously, this uh, this new character is definitely going to be a motivator. Uh, I am working with Jeremy on making some very specific character goals, uh, ones that are a little more tangible. Um, he is uh, he is another guy. I. <laughs> I don't know that I would be comfortable recording as a female character, so I'm sorry. It's going to remain a sausage fest here. Um, (laughs) But uh, he's... Man, how do I want to put this without spoiling too much? I'm going to use words you use, Jeremy, which is I'm going... This character has more of a toolkit for me to play with. Yeah. Um, something that is uh a lot more uh, 
diverse <laughs> in its abilities, something a little more diverse in its abilities, but also that fills a technical role in the party that we don't have yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's about all I'll give for now. Yeah. Um, I think y'all will be pretty excited to meet him. Uh, Jeremy and I are going to be recording some one-on-one sessions at some point, so y'all can get a little familiar with the character before we throw him into the mix. Yeah, in the next, uh, I want to say, by the time this comes out, uh, in the next couple weeks, you should, uh, we should have that recorded and lined up for um, a, a a session kind of focused on who uh, about Nick's new character and kind of diving in a little bit into um, his 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 backstory a little bit um, so with that I think we want to kind of transition over to um, kind of a uh, look back at Isaiah, kind of what worked, what didn't. Uh, we, we mentioned some things about um, the, I guess, our process for creating a new character and see like what, what we've changed or would change now, kind of looking back, having gone through that process, because... Um, we, we'd made some, I, I mean, you, you've made a lot more characters, um, in general, but also since then, um, to, since we recorded that episode and, uh, especially having chosen a specific character and played them for a prolonged time, I think, now we have some uh, maybe similar opinions or uh, maybe slightly changed opinions on the the character creation process. Um, I think we've. I would. I would venture to say that we have probably grown closer in opinion since last time. Um, I think with this experience, both you and me working together through creating this new character, we've both realized like, wow, I was so wrong about this. Yeah, (laughs) Um, which I'm just going to open. I'll go ahead and open the floor and say it. Nate, you were right to criticize me. Amnesia is such a hard character trait to pull off. I did it wrong in so many ways. Um, Yeah, kids don't try this at home, especially not for a first time character, maybe not even for like a dozen characters. Amnesia is so hard. Um, it, it, and doubly so in the context of a podcast where it puts the pressure both on the player and the dungeon master to continue to build intrigue about the character while not giving too much away and pacing the story appropriately and retaining character motivations. There's so much to juggle with that. And, and it was so hard to do it with Isaiah. I would probably say that if you like, I think the uh, amnesia is already kind of a rocky ground to start on. I think we set ourselves up for success when we basically uh, said like, Isaiah had amnesia, 
but there's a period of time after that that you've like lived and experienced and so you can pull from that resources because most of the time like when a player's like actually playing something the it's specific moments that they're pulling on it's not like their entire life per se uh, i think the main crux of the issue is isaiah's like the negative wisdom and charisma stats. So like when you're playing an amnesiac with the personality of a postage stamp, it's really hard to actually make that interesting. Like, uh, like, yeah, as I was saying, it was hard for both you and me. I'm sure I don't want to speak too much to your side of it, but I'm sure it was difficult trying to pace reveals and whatnot. And for me, yeah, I think we did a good thing by making Isaiah have a life after his amnesia episode or whatever, whatever caused him to lose his memory. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you from the moment someone called from the moment that character called him Kai. I knew I was like kind of uncomfortable with the idea and and I'm not saying anything bad about your ideas, but just me as a player going, Ooh, now that I'm actually experiencing this whole, like, Oh crap, I have another life. I don't like it. Right. It's, Cause you know, it's not yours. It's mine. And it's yeah. Right. <clears throat> it's something that the dungeon master has come up with that, I don't know that much about, you know, um, and and then there comes the case of uh, when you're trying to make that into a character motivation, that's where it comes in with that low charisma wisdom score. Um, it's really hard to motivate him to care about something where the connection is emotional. You right. know, it's this whole wow, I'm supposed to care about this past life I had or this person who was in my life um, as evidenced by the fact that he decided to just leave her in prison. Right, yeah. And I think, like, trying to play off of... Like, I I had... I, I think that was... Part of it was... Creating a character like that that doesn't have that like emotional hook, um, it's really hard to play the, uh, the the backstory that we were playing because it just like it, it doesn't tie in with their motivation. Like if if Isaiah was more focused on trying to regain, like figure out what he lost, or if he was more focused on, um or like this uh if his question kind of his driving force was one of identity um then maybe it would have worked better but that's not that's not Isaiah like the mm-hmm. um despite it just basically it just wasn't a good match that that backstory just wasn't a good match for the 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 actual character of Isaiah um, because right. it was trying to appeal to the things that he doesn't care about. Like he, he doesn't really care about his past. <laughs> right. As, as this, as both a rogue and a low wisdom, emotional character, he's driven very much by the present moment 
what's right in front of him and the experiences he's having rather than the experiences he's had. Right. You know, he, he doesn't have emotional ties or connections. And so I, I think that was that there was definitely a, a kind of a miscommunication on that part, which is if you are so assuming you do want to do the uh, the amnesia route, first off, it's very difficult to pull this off without being believable. But I mean, for it's your table, do whatever the frick you want, because it doesn't have to be amazing. Like it just has to be fun. Um, and second, um, I would say if you are going for the amnesiac role, the amnesiac uh, character, that character's identity and his struggle with that because of his amnesia needs to be at the forefront of what you want to role play that character as or like with. Um, that needs to be something that that character struggles with. Right. That was the solution you presented to me early on when we were having these discussions is you were asking me questions about, you know, does Isaiah and, and they've come into the podcast, does Isaiah feel like he's a pawn? You know, right. uh, does he feel manipulated because of his amnesia? <laughs> uh, how does he feel about the responsibilities that come with this identity he's uncovering, which are all phenomenal questions and would be really great to explore with a different character. Right. And so at this point, uh, there, there are essentially two ways to take this. Um, if this wasn't a podcast uh, and the narrative didn't like the narrative continuity didn't matter, um, I'd probably try and retcon it to tie in his new character and basically get rid of portions of it, but still tie it into like the same story. Um, so that it, maybe it wasn't Isaiah that was like, basically erase Isaiah and insert your new character sort of, um, and just go like, basically go with that forward. Um, because there is a lot of, I'll say story like stocked up in Isaiah. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. We've already <laughs> discovered that he's, you know, a Lieutenant potentially, He's the right. key to finding one of the relics that you set up. He's he's definitely he's a human compass right now for the right. plot. And so, um, like in in order to kind of keep the campaign uh, coherent and not uh, like if if this wasn't a podcast and we could just do that switch. Uh, that would probably be at least what I would lean towards initially. So that brings up the question. Um, if like how, how, how do you handle someone not wanting to play their character anymore? Um, and oh, goodness, we're jumping to that bullet. <laughs> yeah, here, I let think, me, let me scroll down through our outline here. <laughs> I think, I think that one would be a, um, a good, good sub bullet for where it's, we're at. it's a good starting point, honestly, before we jump into like actual character creation, because um, I mean, did we want to go over any more of the bullets about Isaiah, or do you think we've kind of? I think we those. I think we've hit most of them in the beginning. Uh, we talked about, uh, and we'll touch on them 
um, as we kind of circle back to like the DM involvement and in character creation and how that's changed uh, or how I think that's changed. Um, so I think we'll hit mm-hmm. uh, some of the uh, the points about Isaiah uh, when we kind of go back and talk about, okay, you want to change character. You've successfully set up yourself for success to change character, talking with your DM and stuff like that. Okay, now uh, you're creating your new character to try and shake off the shackles of the old character. What do you do differently this time? Well, let me let me expand expand upon one more bullet just sure. just right here before we jump into that. Um, and and I just want to talk about technical the technical role that I mentioned before and how we we've mentioned you you mentioned you know that there are two ways to play a rogue and is I is neither of them. Right. And just to, to just to look at the party as a whole again, I think we've already got two high dex characters who fill those utility and combat roles already in yeah. Kef and Yakeg. Yakeg as a bard already has the jack of all trades, um, face of the party. That personality of the rogue is covered. And right. then Josh, as Keth the Monk, is another high dexterity, somewhat min-maxed. I don't wanna I don't wanna speak too closely to that, but a somewhat min-maxed <laughs> combat specialist. Like he thrives in combat. That's where he most enjoys playing Keth. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so with those roles filled, Isaiah doesn't have as defined a place. Right. I would definitely say like functionally in um in kind of the the party composition, Keth the being dexterous and uh kind of covers that like oh, we need someone to sneak over here or listen for this or do this sort of thing. So the out of combat, I I still think there's value for a a rogue in the party um, from a combat perspective, but the uh, kind of taking up the other half of the kind of uh, the um, sneaky, basically using that uh, dexterity in a in unique and interesting ways to gather information and that sort of thing. Keth kind of already has covered. Um, and Keth so and Yakeg, because yeah, Yakeg's the yeah. more gather information. Keth is the more punch the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I definitely agree with you there that you were already in an occupied space and you didn't, it was difficult to find a way to stand out with your character. Right, because my my other weapon here is my enjoyment of role play. Right. And that's hard to do when your character is has the personality of a postage stamp, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um that's all. I wanted to just make sure that was covered. Right. Yeah. Um, and so kind of jumping right back into it. Right. So you've been playing your character for however many years or year or months or something, and you're not really into your character. You're sitting there. You're kind of, I mean, you're probably 
creating other characters that you're just thinking, man, it'd be cool to play this. And then it dawns on you. Why don't I just change characters? Uh, so. Oh, but Jeremy, what if I'm a player who's only been playing a character for a couple of weeks and I don't like it? Uh, that should be the easiest way to change. I know, like, uh, I've at least seen or heard a number of DMs basically give the take that, like, you they essentially give a three-week period for, uh, or three-session period for character, like, players to try out their character for, especially if they're new to D&D. Um, I mean, that's actually how it works in Adventure League as well, is, is you can change your almost everything about your character up until, like, level five. Right, yeah. So or level 3, I forget. Right, yeah. Um and so that's kind of the uh if you aren't tying that character into the major story, I'd say that's definitely the way to go. Um if you just change it. Right. Just work with your DM, see if they can just change it for the for, on the DM side of things. It should be pretty simple to swap out as long as you haven't done what I did and made Isaiah basically a centerpiece of the adventure. Um, and so, uh, kind of moving on to the um unique challenges of if if you do that first off don't uh at the beginning (laughs) uh that should be something that your characters stumble into and this is kind of a things i would wish i would have done differently with fate's gambit well we're we're gonna we're gonna record that just after after this discussion about character creation um so that that's how to avoid that scenario for hedging. Don't hedge your bets all on your PCs. Uh, let them kind of grow with their characters and stumble into being important in your story. Um, but let's say someone is like a character is important in your story. There's no real like easy, quick and dirty way. I mean, outside of just retconning everything to basically say, no, 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 this your, your new character basically is erasing the existence of your old character and taking their place essentially um right player and so uh like that's if you have to if you if you do have to keep that element um and you aren't doing a narrative driven podcast uh or or have some sort of narrative canon that you're beholden to because it's recorded and out on the internet. Curse you, internet! No, um, then I would definitely like from a from a DM point of view, that would be just tweaking some things and trying to tie what I could to the new character if it made sense. Um, most of the time, when you're involving a specific character. Uh, it's, it, it depends on kind of what the, um, what, what, what the major driving story point that you've kind of wrapped them in with is, but, um, you should be able to figure out some way to kind of take what you already have and tie the new character to it. So, 
I mean, you don't you don't necessarily want to do that every time, you know. No, no. Uh, especially sometimes, uh, coming from a DM's angle, having sometimes DM. Sometimes it's good to let those story threads go. You know, yeah. just let it go, and sometime down the road, you'll think of a use for it. You know, right? Um, I, if you've if you tied something immediate to the character, then I I would recommend just carry it through to completion just wrap it up a little quicker than expected right. and then pull in the new character you know yeah not every story point is going to be transferable but i think every story point oh i don't want to say this i don't want to say every story point is redeemable <laughs> um because some aren't right <laughs> uh but it's it's difficult when you're uh, if you are going for a major like story driven, I'll say linear adventure, um, then I'm not, it, it not, it's not a railroad. Like the characters have agency. It's just, there is a specific story in mind or a specific like climactic event that you are expecting to get to. Um, mm-hmm. and Which trying to, oh gosh that's a conversation yeah yeah well we can we can save that for another day um but if you are trying to tie your characters into the main plot line and they do want to change characters um part of it is just kind of a reevaluation evaluation of whether or not the storyline's worth it um with uh especially if it was as as an example um, if it was, uh, if, if, if Isaiah's, if we were following the main, the main plot was following Isaiah trying to get revenge on Sloan as an example, um, mm-hmm. it might just be good to just drop that story because it's not, it's not, it's something that theoretically the party could ignore, um, or like you can right. kind of hand wave that character kind of going off and trying to achieve it on their own. If you do have something tied to that deeply and you know it wouldn't fe- it wouldn't be right to just swap out the characters, like especially if it was kind of a personal vendetta or something like that. Um, I would definitely uh, at that point kind of take a step back and reevaluate, okay, does this adventure need to come to its conclusion? Um, in the case of Fate's Gambit, it does because it's a kind of a world like ending essentially event. Um, so that's kind of the entire adventure. Uh, and mm-hmm. it would feel and very anticlimactic to be like, oh, yeah, and everything's fine now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, see, changing changing character really does feel like it's more of a dm issue than a player one for a player the the only question you have to ask yourself is do i enjoy playing this character or would i enjoy myself playing something else right you know because because that's all you have to consider as a player if you want to come to the table be a good player contribute a lot of that relies on you having fun and enjoying what you're doing you are not going to be a good contributor to any role-playing game if you're not enjoying who you're playing. Right. Um, So it makes it a very simple decision in my eyes as a player. 
just ask yourself, am I enjoying this as much as I thought I would? Yeah. And if the answer is no, consider a change. Talk it over with your DM. As a DM, you know, we're talking about swapping story points, swapping plot points. Um, There's also the consideration of, you know, it's just asking your player why they're not enjoying it. Yeah. Because, you know, it, is it is it a matter of class? You know, is it, hey, you're just not enjoying a rogue. That's fine. Hey, well, you know, let's see about maybe having a story moment where your your rogue redeems themselves and becomes and becomes a paladin. You know? Right. Because that, that kind of change is easy and can sometimes be a really fun story moment. Absolutely. And some, I'm. No, go ahead. <laughs> but if it's a matter of like stats and role play, if it's a matter of like, hey, I just don't enjoy the backstory of this character or how they're acting or, you know, if you're a really committed role player, like, hey, um, I don't like the character I've discovered while playing. Uh, you know, this character to me is not getting along well with the party and, you know, in that case, you're either going to uh, have to take the path of, well, let's have a quick story sidebar where we redeem this character and change their behavior, or you have to consider swapping out the character. Right. Um, and and in a lot of cases, I think that uh, people like to sidestep these those two solutions I've mentioned, you know, swapping class and having a sidebar. Um, a lot of people just fast track it and are just like, why don't you just play the character differently? Or, um, you know, like, let's just say you're a paladin now. And that that misses out on such a great opportunity to develop character. Those are those are some of the best table moments. Um not to bring in out of the abyss like we always do, but <laughs> I I am so looking forward to the development of Yashrin as a character because um, being a bard who has kind of figured out that he dislikes the College of Whispers, he dislikes their methods, he is ethically against them, but he's unable to leave them because he's so like hung up on his mistakes like that is such a compelling character journey is seeing him struggle to overcome his faults. And I know it's a little miserable for you that it's taken so long to change, but it has given you an opportunity to make this new subclass that you're thinking of. Right. Um, it's given you some great character moments in the actual game. Um, Overall, it's been a great experience, and I think that a lot of people shouldn't underestimate those opportunities for having a great moment. Right? Yeah, I was I was gonna bring up Yashrin because that was a that was a prime example of uh, I love I love the the role play aspect of Yashrin. It's just the the mechanics of his class don't seem to mesh well with who I and what I envisioned him as. So uh, I've for uh, because it might have been a, it might be a while since the you've you've listened to the uh, you the audience have listened to 
the previous discussions we have. So Yashrin is my bard character, half-elf bard character in the game that, our our home game basically, that uh, Nick runs. And he started out as a College of Whispers bard because I saw one look at like the bardic inspiration that deals extra damage and went, yeah, I want to deal damage, and like didn't think about the roleplay ramifications. <laughs> um, and then basically throughout the adventure, I realized that's just like that would require taking Yashrin down a road from a roleplay perspective that I don't really didn't really envision him or didn't want to take him down. Um, and so if you like the character from a role play perspective, but the class just isn't really, or even the subclass isn't just really clicking for you, that can definitely be a, an opportunity for role play to, to, um, change that and try and make something out of that transition. Um, if you're mostly into like the min-maxing combat, kind of the the technical aspect of D and D, obviously, then this you probably just want to be you know te- technically doing something else. So utilizing that role play opportunity might not be for you um, because there's different kinds of players, and everyone finds like what kind of Thing that they like to interact with D&D differently from my I I dabble in both so both from a huh mechanically this subclass kind of sucks and also a mm-hmm. huh I don't like role-playing this subclass like it, it was kind of I, I didn't like either option of the subclass so uh, that was when we kind of worked together to come up with okay what what would cause this change how do we tie this into the narrative and so you're not satisfied with your character you've talked with your dm and he's fine with you swapping out characters and has he's done all the pull, string pulling and ig- ignore the man behind the curtaining to bring your character into <laughs> into the story and like or bring bring your original character out of the story rather and now you're setting about creating a new character. All right. What do you do differently this time? <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you one thing that I am not doing differently is I'm still as indecisive as before. <laughs> Nothing's changed there. That's just a so. personality trait for you, though. That's not necessarily a... <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have I done differently compared to Isaiah? Um... First of all, with Isaiah, I kind of wrote a whole dang backstory and sent it to you for approval. Right. With this one, I took story beats. Mm-hmm. I, I took specific events I wanted to happen or or things I thought would develop an interesting character, forwarded into you, and we collaboratively came up with kind of a, a, a story. Um, right. I, I started out with this whole, um, I, I, I want him, to, I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> here you go guys, little, little more little teasers Yeah, to be somewhat, I want him to be somewhat religious, you know, involved religiously in some capacity. And, right. uh, I, I want him to be, cause, cause I think 
and you corrected me on that one. Actually, you kept me from going a little too far on the whole divine motivation type thing, you know, holy quest for the holy grail and all that. Right. Um, cause, cause that was, and, but that's what I'm talking about is we collaboratively came together. I suggested a plot point or beat and you said, Hey, that's great. Try not to do this. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I, it, I, I guess the biggest thing was I was just like, from a dm side of things i asked a lot more questions this time and didn't like try to give my opinion or tried not to give my opinion rather uh, which <laughs> except, is very hard for me case, to do um, it was i mean i know that it partly was just me reading into it but the whole suggest when you were like mm, but this class just seems so cool and i'm like yeah i know but i think i'm gonna play this one and you're like oh, <laughs> i just can imagine myself playing this class like i know yeah as someone who enjoys playing D, uh as a both player and a dm uh when someone starts talking about their character and like the options that they're choosing obviously as a player like your your player brain's kind of going oh man but it'd be really cool to play like this kind of character with this kind of backstory but it doesn't matter what you want you're not playing the character idiot <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i do think like uh, a lot of my questions surrounding specific things were just clarifying and trying to probe deeper into some of the like I, I guess the the motivations and the um kind of how a particular event is going to impact your character and by that kind of how kind of I'll say trying to read uh how I want to or how you're expecting to um use that backstory event in your character and how I can interact with that in the way that you're expecting or you're anticipating basically. Mm -hmm. What else did you all say? Did you do differently? <laughs> I kind of took a little bit more out of your book from our first discussion, which was considering mechanically what I thought would be fun to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned that earlier in here that this character has more of a toolbox. You know, he's uh, something I feel there's more range for experimentation with. Uh, rather, rather than just, um, rather than just picking a class exclusively for role play reasons, you know. Right. Uh, I, I, I think one of my past mistakes has been that. I have sacrificed everything on the altar of role play. You know, I, I, right. I come up with this fantastic backstory, this idea of a character who's got this personality that's kind of developed in a way they act. And then I think, okay, so what fits that? Uh, this background, uh, this class, and the race is really just flavor. So, you know, unless I have some really big story reason to choose one. And that has helped me back. I've I've noticed that um, to take a page out of Nate's book, uh, I figured that just being a little more snappy on the decisions, just like pick something a little more instinctively, let the story 
flow a little more from my choices rather than the other way around. Yeah. And, and it became, and it's coalesced better. Um, I, I feel like what that did is gave me more to work off with the role play. You know, when I, when I made a whole backstory, I already had a character very well developed. I, I didn't leave a lot of room for development. Right. And because I'm building this character more based on the class and what I want to enjoy playing, I've really simplified the backstory and come up with something that you have the flexibility to say, you know, okay, here's, uh, I, I can take these story points that you've made up and I can kind of run with them in the wider world in different ways. I, uh, you know, you, you have more fodder, more handles because you had a hand in creating them. Right. And I think the, like uh, we had talked about create giving the DM handles and stuff like that. I think the, like with, uh, I mean, with Isaiah, there was plenty of uh, things to pull in. It's just that, he was kind of an already developed character. And so there wasn't really a lot of like, he didn't have a lot of momentum. I'll say he didn't really, wasn't really going anywhere when he, uh, right. Uh, basically joined the, the campaign. And so it's like you mentioned before, identity needs to be at the forefront because he didn't really have any other personality struggles to work through. Right. He had a desire for revenge, basically, and uh, it was, um, yeah, like that was probably the like the biggest thing. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I'll say the biggest motivation. Uh, right, but- we had tried. We had tried to find a reason or a, a handle for him. We talked about, I think our watershed moment we or what we thought was our watershed moment with his eye was when we were like, ah, he's dedicated to order and being a part of something. And right. he believes people have a role in things and should stick to their role. And we're like, ah, okay, there's his motivation. Is he like structure? He's kind of a lawful type. And yeah, uh, especially after we discovered his role as, you know, this, I don't know, what you were, what you are going to make him into, but this whole role he had on the other world as a, you know, uh, an escort to the dead or something like that. Um, but we thought that was our watershed moment. And then in practice that never played out, you know, we never really saw how, I, I don't think that you could easily find a way to make that, a plot point or a compelling reason to do anything because it's just, Oh, he likes when people do what they're supposed to do. Okay. Right. (laughs) Like from the, from the DM side of things, it was something that I, I'd kind of struggled with in general because there wasn't really a single person that was like actually whose character was actively invested into the story. (laughs) Because it was basically everyone was just kind of there being like, well, we should do this because it's the right thing to do, not because they had any personal like motivation to do so. I think that was an issue we all had with character creation at the beginning of this game is uh, you tied us all 
to the elemental disasters. Right. Which in the end turned out to be a bad reason because it vanished. We discovered, oh, the reason is there's this super bad cult. Right. None of us have like this personal vendetta against the cult. We all were just like, oh, my ship got wrecked or, oh, man, my monastery got wrecked, you know. (laughs) Oh, man, my brother Uh, got wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rip Ricky. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, and I think that's something that you and I have changed on this one is we are, with this one-on-one, we're creating a personal goal for this character outside of the plot, um, that can be used however you as the DM want to use it. Right. You know, it, it does It does motivate him to follow the main plot. It, I mean, you should probably talk to the struggle. You, you mentioned a struggle with that. <laughs> yeah. So this is definitely uh, uh, dipping into the, uh, the kind of the future of, uh, I'll say the future of Faith's Gambit, but... Um, I think, or like, and kind of talking about the, some of the design decisions that I would do differently. Um, but from a character standpoint, having, uh, smaller goals that your character wants to achieve that you can kind of, uh, separate motivations aside from the main plot, um, is something that's honestly good for your character because it's something for your character to do. Uh, as an example, if like you're following the, the, the main overarching story and your leads dry up or something like that, or you have some downtime or something, your character has something that they can fall back on in order to pursue and drive some sort of story or something, drive the game forward a little bit, even if the, um, the overarching story itself hasn't made itself like apparent uh, to the party. Um, And so Mm -hmm. that is definitely something that is something. uh, Yeah. That's something that the creating a character, like having a, I'll say a smaller attainable goal, even if you know kind of what the bigger overarching adventure is, um, it's still like good to have one, especially if you're going to, uh, if for an example, if you're running through a module and you know, like it's only, um, for levels like five through 10 or something like that, you know, you want to keep playing the character afterwards, having some sort of, uh, personal goals that you can keep chaining along through alongside the campaign that you go through. Um, helps kind of tie things together, um, which is something again bringing up the the own example out of the out of the abyss game that we have going on now. Um, as an example, if we keep referring to it, it must be good, man. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally not because it's the only other D and D game I've played. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, a lot of our characters in that were, I mean, we started with Lost Minds of Fandelver 
and then took it from there to out of the abyss. So we had kind of personal goals and backstory things that we had in mind that we kind of continued chasing even after we were done with the Lost Minds campaign. Um, and Lost Mine, uh, Lost Mine brings up that that example I just sent to you the other day. Like right. I think that is probably one of my favorite examples of a character's personal goal. Um, spoilers for Lost Mine. Uh, so block your ears. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't played or are playing. Um, but one of the pre-made characters comes with the background ties. They have been kicked out of the Red Brand gang who come into Lost Mine in about the middle of the campaign. Um, they were kicked out. And the reason that makes such a great backstory slash personal goal is it doesn't pertain to the campaign immediately. But when it does become relevant, it makes the character have some pertinent information. You know, they may not know about the new leadership uh, glass staff. They may not know who's behind this new wave of crime that they're perpetuating, but they might know about a secret entrance to the lair. They might know about a treasure hoard that's hidden there. And, you know, once you're finished with that story point, once they'd achieve that goal, which not only advances the main plot, it also advances the personal goal of the character. So, you know, how, how did they react to beating this gang? Are they recruiting some members secretly to become criminal contacts? Are they, you know, have they suddenly found out revenge isn't as sweet as I thought, and now they're looking for something new to stake themselves on, some new purpose? Either way, it's it's a great piece of character development, even if it's not directly relevant to the main plot. Yeah. Moving forward with Fate's Gambit, I think one of the biggest things that I've been kind of struggling to do is, uh, like, there's obviously the bigger overarching picture, um, that you guys are kind of chasing. Um, but the, uh, being able to give you guys like small little victories as it builds up towards like you guys chasing the, um, the bigger kind of goal is important and something that I didn't really have the opportunity to kind of both on, like the the character creation side of things, just because a lot of the the characters didn't really have built in little goals, um, and uh, or like th- that were I'll say easily attainable um, in the in the course of the campaign, um, and also from a, a design wise, it was mostly seeing kind of how I could tie everything into the campaign itself, like the big overarching story. Um, and so like moving forward with fate's gambit, I'm going to be working and trying to build in those smaller goals that the characters can kind of work on in parallel to the big can to the big, uh, goal of the campaign which is stopping the crimson phoenix um Mm -hmm. but yeah from a from a character side of thing um especially like asking your dm about the setting and kind of the general direction of the campaign um allows you to make those kind of i'll say side quests for your character 
um, the things that right. your character kind of cares about uh, that aren't related to the main plot directly, at least. But you can kind of pursue them when you're not really sure what you want to do for the main plot. Um, mm-hmm. And making sure that like those are things that you can actually do with the main plot. Um, because if it's tied to a specific location or if it's uh, a specific thing, if it's too specific uh, to a particular person, location, or something like that, it might be harder for you to feel satisfied and actually get feel like you're making progress with your character. Um, and mm-hmm. so trying to build something in uh, to your character to... I accomplish those things or like something to accomplish is I guess something that I've kind of accidentally done with most of my characters without realizing it. Um, I guess, but also uh, I, I think is a fairly easy quote unquote trick if you want something role play wise to continue to play off of even when there is uh, a natural lull in the overarching plot. Right. And I think having your DM involved is important. When you consider stuff like we'll take Isaiah's story where it failed here you know, his personal goal and motivation was revenge against the crew who mutinied, is, you know, the Arya Winnemarell's crew. And when we were in Waterdeep, I thought about taking advantage of that. We had that scene where he was seeking information and Yakig was thinking about following him on his Batman run or whatever to right. get them. But in reality, I don't think there was any way that we could have motivated an attack on that crew for any reason. And, and that shows because we immediately turned around and left water deep as soon as we got under the, out of the undermountain. Right. Like going and attacking a ship's crew felt just too disconnected from the plot. There was no reason to do it. When you team up with your DM and you ask the right questions, you know, about, a backstory, your DM can go, oh, okay, rather than taking this generic uh, ship's crew that you want revenge on, you know, we'll see, we'll just use his eyes as a further example. Yeah. Um, if we had done this differently, rather than being like, ah, uh, rather than this random ship's crew that you are a part of, um, you, the ship that you served on, um, or, or maybe you learned when the ship was mutinied that these were members of the Crimson Phoenix. Right, you know? that's or, kind of the immediate like thought process, so that you made the 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 overarching plot personal, basically. Right, if you want it tied in there somehow, so that you can motivate the player into doing it and still be rewarded for the main, you know, advancing the main story. Right. But you also want to make it entirely a personal goal that doesn't necessarily isn't that isn't just the main story goal of defeat the cultists. Right. Because that can easily get boring if you just make it a a revenge plot of the cultists killed my family (laughs) and I will do anything to end their existence. It's like, okay, you have to run off of vengeance fuel 
for you know 60 plus sessions right that's not gonna work yeah exactly i guess like at this point we're we're reaching about the the point where we want to wrap up this episode um and we can talk about kind of okay so without giving too much away um kind of what the what the i how we're going to handle is i uh uh, basically rotating out Isaiah. Um, and part of that is just going to be a <laughs> wait and see because we're not we're not going to give everything away. Um, but we did put a lot of work into this. So. Right. And I think it would be like I we're not I'm not going to give everything away. I think uh, the 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 easy way out would be just to kill him. Uh, but that would also be kind of anticlimactic and not not great. So unless uh, I the caveat, because I don't know if the few remaining sessions in which Nick will have to play as I, uh, I don't I, I if he does something absolutely stupid and kills himself, then maybe as does die and all this work that we've done is all for nothing. But <laughs> Yeah, I you know what? <laughs> Considering the last session, it's not going to be something stupid I do. It's something stupid my dice do. That's fair. <laughs> if the dice hate him yeah, enough, I, yes. Um, then it, I guess technically it's still possible that Isaiah dies, and you know that that just opens the door wide open for Nick's new character co- to come in, but. I think um, if you are going to rotate a character like that, that is kind of central to the plot. It's, I mean, the, what we're doing is basically not so much, um, not so much rotating him out, but shifting his story to the background. Um, so he's not going to be an active player in the um, in the story, but he's still going to be relevant. Um, and so. That's I, I guess that's kind of the I'll say the direction that uh, we're we're leaning towards at this point because we still haven't recorded anything with the new kind of changes or what we were planning in place yet so nothing's quite set in stone um, but that's kind of the direction we're leaning but uh, we're not scrapping the campaign we're not like. It's still going to be about this story. There's just going to be some 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 changes uh, a little bit moving forward. Um, but uh, we can talk about things that I wish I had done differently in the next episode uh, and kind of some lessons learned and some takeaways because th- uh, that's this is my first campaign and I think kind of airing those errors or things that I wish I had done differently uh, might help you avoid some of these mistakes. Uh, So that'll be next time. So uh, I guess (laughs) at this point, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Have you changed characters recently or uh, how many times have you changed characters? Have you changed characters at all uh, in your campaigns or if you're a DM, have you had to deal with your character changing or you with your players changing character before? And how did you handle that? Uh, let us know on Facebook or our subreddit r slash table quests 
or give us uh, a quick blurb on how that went on uh, Twitter. You can tweet at us. We are at TableQuests and give us a follow on all of those social media platforms. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to wrap up this discussion and then we're going to, uh, next episode, we're going to jump into kind of, uh, what is, what's been good about Fate's Gambit, what's been bad about Fate's Gambit and what's been kind of mediocre about Fate's Gambit and where I think I've found some, where I want to take that, uh, take the campaign and kind of some general thoughts on how it's been going so far. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening and, uh, we'll be back next week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Under the Table, the uh, podcast within the podcast that uh, Josh hates the name of, but it doesn't matter because that's... He'll edit this part out so you'll never hear Jeremy say it. Exactly. If there's anything you want... I'm going to open a can real quick. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Josh. (laughs) I tried to mask that in my sweatpants as much as I could. (laughs) Well... This will get this. This will be uh, a. Uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about this perhaps uh, later on or in the next. Uh, I'll say the next episode because I don't know exactly where we're gonna jump off into uh, the next episode. Um, but the Rick, I lost my train of thought there. Uh Oh, yeah, you yeah. had to qualify it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I had to qualify it, so I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. I mean, we can we can criticize the way you wrote the campaign later. You know, that was... Uh, well, okay. No, 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 no. Hang on. I take that back. Josh, edit that out. <laughs> um, 